0: This is second down on ESPN Radio. Christian GoKel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you with us here on this Tuesday afternoon, as we have just hard hitting stuff coming out of the world of golf. I know right where PJ wanted to start the show today. It's, uh, it's true though. It's true. Huh? I mean, it's it's hard hitting enough that I know what you're talking about. So I, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dive into that here. Uh, also have some insider news the University of Georgia to get to here about the shape of this team going into the 2022 national title defense season. I guess I should have said 2021 national title defense, but, you know, it's the 2022 season. You know where I'm at.
1: Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, it was good enough. I mean, everyone knows. I think. Hope. Hopefully. When also, they the haven't Atlanta... won the 22 championship yet. That's but right. That, uh, that's well, but they do. won the
0: 2021 championship in 2022. That so. always
1: is very frustrating to me. Like,
0: and we don't have to dive into it. Yeah. But that being said, your Atlanta Braves are also looking to red-hot Atlanta Braves. True. Randomly. Like, looking to keep this win streak going as they right. got a two-game set uh, with the Oakland Athletics starting at 7-20 tonight. Uh, then they'll head home for a four-game set against the Pirates. So a chance, I, again, for the Braves to make some headway uh, into this division that the New York Mets are just dominating. At the moment. Again, I mentioned yesterday, kind of mad at the Dodgers for not beating up on the Mets a little bit for us.
1: It's our favorite pastime, right? Yeah. It's being mad at the Dodgers about stuff. I don't know
0: they can't do anything right. right. But that being said, we have some news to dive into from the world of golf. Uh, and we heard some names that have decided to go on and take the upfront money to play in the Live Golf Tour. Mm-hmm. L-I-V. Right, right. I don't know if they were going to call it live live, whatever they want to call it, uh, backed financially by Saudi Arabia. Uh, and if you remember a few months ago, Phil Mickelson had the quotes leaked that, yeah, sure. They have some shady stuff in their past, like, you know, bone American journalist and stuff like that. But it's a real chance to change the way the PGA tour operates. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That was a big thing. Once he came out and said that. We really haven't heard a whole lot of Phil Mickelson since then, except him just like not playing in majors
1: right since then. That's been the, every week it's like, ah, so when's this Phil Mickelson thing gonna end? And well, you know, it hasn't yet. I well
0: I guess enough time has gone by. Right. For the news cycle to pass over what Phil Mickelson said and the comparison that he made. Enough time has gone by that now all the golfers that were rumored to be moving over to this tour have started announcing their moves over to the tour. So Dustin Johnson, Masters champion from COVID uh, in 2020. I think he won, what, November he won the Masters there in Augusta. uh, Also, I believe the fourth in active wins on the PGA Tour right now. He has decided to move over to the Live Tour. And I'm going to get to some of the quotes that he had from that. uh, But he's joining a ton of other golfers that have moved on and some big names, Kevin Nas, Sergio Garcia, Brandon Grace, Charles Swartell, and a number of others have decided to move on from the PGA Tour to the Live Tour. Now, some of these names are going to be interesting because there are a bunch of, I shouldn't say a bunch, you have the European Tour and the PGA Tour uh, and the PGA Tour is the only one that's really come out vocally and said if you play in this, you are giving up your PGA Tour membership. Mm Mm-hmm. And so what's the difference? Why are these guys deciding now that they are willing to give up their PGA Tour membership to move over and play for this Saudi Arabian-backed group that isn't just going to play in Saudi Arabia? In fact, most of the tournaments are not going to be in Saudi Arabia. It's going to be kind of like a world tour with the world's best quote-unquote golfers, even though a lot of them are remaining in the PGA Tour as of right now. Well, upfront money would be the biggest reason why
1: sadly a big motivator
0: yeah so the way the pga tour works is you are a member of the pga tour you play in tournaments throughout the year and if you make the cut so at, on sat or like on the end of friday's round so at the end of round two during a four round tournament if you are above the cut line and you make it to the weekend you're going to make something if you go out and play Thursday and Friday and you're terrible, you're walking away with nothing. Make the cut line. You can make some money. I think last tournament I looked at, it was like even if you just made the cut, but you finished last after that, still making like 30 grand for a tournament, which ain't bad for four days work. And then of course, if you win the tournament, then you start getting up to the millions of dollars mm-hmm. for winning. And, and again, million dollars for four days of work. Yeah, not, ain't too shabby. too
1: shabby. No, not at all.
0: What they're looking at with the live tour is basically a salary. Guaranteed money going into these, and you just show up and play. Mm-hmm. So I guess similar more to what you see in other sports, right? right? Right, Regardless of, Aaron Donald just signed a two-year $60 million contract. Regardless of the Rams record, Aaron Donald's going to make $60 million over two years. hmm I mean, after those California taxes eat into a little bit. <laughs> of course. So... Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, and a bunch of these other golfers have said, Yeah, we're going to take that upfront money and go play in a tour of that, in my opinion, feels very XFL-y. And I'm not saying like they're going to be like tackling each other or like changing rules or anything. In fact, it feels xfl to me because it doesn't feel sustainable, right? If the goal is return on investment. Now, this could just be a PR move from Saudi Arabia to try to really get into the worldwide sports game some more. They own some teams uh, in the English Premier League, but it's very quiet ownership, right? I think Saudi Arabia trying to move out into the world sports scope, and they're going to start here in the golf world. And I don't know if they're looking for a return on investment. Right. Because for me, if you're paying these guys as much money as, as has been rumored, there's a rumor out there that they offer Tiger Woods nine figures. Yeah nine figures just to come over and be a part of the tour, right? For reference, Dustin Johnson, who just moved over has made $75 million in his entire PGA tour career, which I believe is 14 or 15 years. So I understand why these guys are doing it, but there's a few things I kind of want to talk about with you here is the argument against Phil Nicholson is the statement that he made, right? Where they they murder gay people and they've killed American journalists. But, you know, it's leverage for me to use against the PGA tour to change things that I think are wrong with the PGA tour. Right? Yeah. My question to you is, does this kind of just seem like a, like we said at the beginning of the segment was, there has to be enough time between Phil Mickelson's statements and you actually announcing that you're going to this tour because, yeah, you know what Phil Mickelson said is true, but damn. Damn. It's hard to say no to $50, $60 million guaranteed up front. Right. Just to play golf. <clears throat> so I I guess the question is, is, is the conversation around this going to now transition to how much money is enough money for you to turn away?
1: Yeah, right. To, to completely, you know, forget about everything. Because that's the thing, right? I, I know we live in a, a very news cycle type society where you get shown a headline and you get shown a certain thing. And you're supposed to get enraged about it or super happy about it. You react to it, and then it's gone, right? Like that, then you're on to the next thing, and that is something that we certainly did with, with Phil Mickelson and whatnot. But then again, um, well, one of the things about society nowadays too is everything going to stick around. There's screenshots of everything. You can delete whatever you want. You can say you didn't say whatever you want. Like if there's proof, there's proof. Um, so. As this starts and as he says yes to this and everyone else says yes to this those comments are going to circulate once again and while people might not have the same abrupt emotion that they had at first I do feel like that's going that's going to come around a little bit again but um, I, I think those those comments are, are and you know concerns and whatever and all those thoughts are going to be brought back up and, on a lot of news cycles and and everything like that so I think that's something that's it's not really going to go away, and again, like you said, that just brings up the thought again of how much is enough to kind of forget uh, or or look the other way and accept this and go and and play on this tour. And I think for for a lot of people, you kind of just realize how much is enough, you know. And you know that that's that's kind of the other thing that you talk about too, and like the return on investment for this tour is if it wasn't, if it was owned by a celebrity or a conglomerate of celebrities or something like that, that had a, even though we think they have an infinite amount of money, kind of have a finite amount of money either way. Everyone has value and, and uh, financial worth and everything like that. And even with celebrities that we think are untouchable, there's a finite amount there. This is owned by that conglomerate. Not a that, conglomerate. They Saudi Arabian the, government. Yeah, the government itself that is not doing too bad on on money on financials. No, talk if, about you've the, if you've so been to like,
0: the gas pump recently, you would you would know that.
1: Exactly. So that's kind of the the one thing well, I go back to when you say what when you though. think about like the XFL is like. Yeah, but they, they don't really need to think about the money they pour into this or or give away to the golfers and things like that because they're getting it right back. But my,
0: but my question is, I, I just that's true, but there has to be. I know we talk about this at nil, and I don't want to compare the two, but like there has to be a return on investment, right? At least some like they, you're not doing a golf tour with all these guys and paying them all this money just for free and for charity. Like there is an end goal here. Now is it a return on investment in terms of TV revenue or ticket sales to the events that they do, streaming services, right? Is that is that the end goal where you start seeing money pour in that way, or is it an overarching? We're gonna spend this money to change the public perspective right. of who we are.
1: Yeah, it's and, it's not it's not a financial return on investment. Right, right.
0: And, but and here's what kills me is so we keep I, I'm or I'm gonna keep going back to how much money is enough money for you to overlook that they just the simplest terms they murdered an American journalist. Right. Like how how much money is enough money? And Graham McDowell said, the Kigoshi situation, we all agree that was reprehensible. No one's going to argue the fact, but we're golfers. I really feel golf is a force of good in the world, and I love using the game of golf as something to help grow around the world and be role models to kids. We're not politicians. If Saudi Arabia wants to use the game of golf as a way for them to get where they want to be, I think we're proud to help them on that journey, using the game of golf as and the abilities we have to help grow the sport. Everything everything in the middle part of that quote, you can just throw it out. It's BS. It, it's, oh, we're, we like helping kids, and we, yada, yada. Honestly, you can throw that entire quote out. The quote that you need to hear from Graham McDowell is, yeah, they threw so much money at me that I couldn't say no. Right. You you admitted at the top it's it's reprehensible. Now, Graham McDowell also said if we we can't use sports to solve geopolitical issues, and if we did, we probably wouldn't play a lot of golf. And I think that's a fair way to look at it or, or a fair statement to make that needs to be addressed, because I think a lot of people could come out and say, Well, I don't really feel like you don't feel comfortable with us playing in a golf tour in a country that's murdered an American journalist potentially i don't feel comfortable playing in a golf tournament in a country that has very loose gun laws. i just had 18 kids murdered in texas. right? so what where is the level that you're willing to just it's you can't if you try to extrapolate every bad thing that's happened in every country and make your decisions based off which country has the least you would lose your mind.
1: <laughs> yeah Good luck trying to find one.
0: Correct. And so it's every country has, especially politically, militarily, every country is going to have the skeletons in their closet and a lot of times not in their closets. The skeletons are out in the open. Yeah. Right? And so I do think it is a fair question of them to say, what country doesn't have a terrible history?
1: To a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. But just get past the BS of us trying to do this as it's we're we're trying to help Saudi Arabia, or we're doing it to further the game of golf for kids around the world. Foh, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, just get out of here. Yeah. Like, we're not idiots. Well, it's like? Be honest about what it is. I, well, hold on. Yeah. I just want to read what Dustin. What what Dustin. Dustin Johnson said they asked him about it, and, and honestly, in a more sports-related term, they asked him, "Hey, when you do this, you can't play in the Ryder Cup anymore," which is basically the World Cup of Golf, like where everyone that is by themselves in their own club teams or for the golfers that are just their own individuals on the tour come together as a team to represent the United States or to represent Europe. Well, you have to be a member of the, of or an active member of the PGA Tour to be a part of that team. And so Dustin Johnson, they asked him that. It's like, so you're choosing this money over your country? And Dustin Johnson's response was, well, I have to think about my family. Dude, you're not a poor kid
1: yeah, you're coming right. out
0: of a Shit. bad neighborhood that's getting a rookie salary in a professional sports league. You're Dustin Johnson, who's made $75 million in his PGA Tour career and is married to Paulina Gretzky. Gretzky. <laughs> right. You're not hurting for cheese, dude. <laughs> yeah. And so be honest with us here. You're not doing this for your family. You're doing it because you couldn't say no to that check. That's uh, what upfront money means. You sign that contract. You decide to play to to play the live tour, playing all over the world. You don't have to be good anymore. You don't have to win anymore. You have that money.
1: Yeah, you can kind of kick back a little bit.
0: So just quit BSing us, man. Yeah, that's where I'm at with that.
1: Understandable, uh, and that's that's kind of the thing. That's why you appreciate, uh, but especially in these situations, you what know, terribly you know, like you're you're not going to get the honest truth out of anybody, which is frustrating. Uh, but. I mean that's why you learn to appreciate all the uh, athletes and the coaches and everything like that that give it to you straight no yeah. matter what you can tell what they're saying is exactly what you're thinking, um, what they're thinking excuse me um uh, so yeah no that's that's uh, that's insane that's wild but if you talk to anyone that's a frustrating thing too right you talk to anyone about money or taking taking a bigger check or, or anything like that even when it's questionable uh the, the first thing they're gonna well my family man I got to support them like. Okay, yeah. you, you're, you're going to be all right if if you stayed where you were. But now, to go back what I was going to say about that that first comment that you mentioned is it's funny because it's hypocritical as well. It, at the start of the comment, it's, well, all of those things that you're talking about is is political it, and it, having, to do with the, yeah. having to do with the government. Like, we, we, we can't do anything about that. But if they want to use golf to forward uh, their uh, country in several ways, blah, 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 then and I can be a vessel for that, then that's solid. Dude. So, wait, you're saying that golf can't help geopolitical uh, situations, but you're also saying that golf is going to help they're a all, geop- geopolitical situation. They're all situation. full of it, man. It's just, like, it, it is okay. what it is.
0: They're all full of it. Phil Mickelson's full of it. Dustin Johnson's full of it. But, I mean, it is what it is. You you, you got to come out there. They're asking you the questions. You got to say something. But I just wish somebody would be honest and say, hey, they, they started to write a lot of zeros on those checks, yeah, and eventually, the, yeah. Yeah, eventually check I mean? can't yeah. say no to that. At least just be honest. Right. Right, and it's it's what kills me is Dustin Johnson. You I talk about hypocritical. A couple months back, after Phil Mickelson's comments come out, he's like, no, nah, I'm a member of the PGA Tour. I'm not joining that." Okay, everything's yep. cooled down. People are less pissed off about everything. Yeah, I'm headed over to that tour. Yep, that money, that check cashes. Is anyone? I'm, I'm look, good to go. I'm looking
1: forward to the first reporter or whatever who who brings that back up. Because we're like,
0: people I'm point sure, is You're just going to get another of the same answer. Of course, yeah. It, it, the answer is not going to change. I had to do what was best for my family. And, oh, okay, well, he's considering his family. Graham McDowell, uh, <laughs> I want to help kids. Like, I mean, it's... All right, man. It's so lame, but it is what it is. Uh, and the reality, summarizing this really quickly for me is, PGA Tour needs to be extremely worried. Because the reality of this situation is, these guys are still going to play in all of the golf tournaments, except one, but are going to play in all of the golf tournaments that are the ones that 90% of golf fans are the only ones they turn in tune into. Mm-hmm. You can still play in the Masters, as of right now, I believe. You can still play in the Masters. Uh, the U.S. Open has come out and said, yeah, these guys are still eligible to play in the U.S. Open. Uh, I don't know that the Open Championship has made a statement, but either way on it, and then the only one you would really major you'd be worried about is the PGA Championship.
1: It's understandable, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, PGA said you can't play. You can't yeah, play. Literally. <laughs> but I mean, if you yeah. can still play in the Masters in the U.S. Open in the Open Championship, those are the tournaments that are the only tournaments 95% of golf fans watch. Like, yeah, I know a lot of fans out there love the John Deere Classic, but I, I don't think Dustin Johnson's going to be hurting not playing in that again. Right. Right, so it's I think the PGA Tour needs to be severely worried because Saudi Arabia is coming out swinging with some money here, yeah. and again, so much money that people are, are willing to say, yeah, I don't really care if this hurts my country's home tour. Can't say no to that money. right? And that's the reality of the world of golf right now. Let's come back. I told you we had some insider scoop uh, from the University of Georgia about how it's going to shape the coming season, the framework of this team. We'll give you that next. And also, again, your Braves on Fuego right now. Can they keep it going in a two-game set against the Athletics? All that and more coming. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio, streaming online at ESPNCoastal.com. We'll be right back after this. Some news to be reported coming out of Athens from our good friend Brooks Austin over on Dogs Daily for Sports Illustrated. PJ, Georgia lost a lot in the NFL draft. And last year... You had a guy playing on the outside, one of the guys who got drafted, Darian Kendrick, comes in, fills a much-needed void for University of Georgia at that cornerback position alongside Keely Ringo, who stepped up last year uh, as a redshirt freshman. But you dipped into the transfer portal. You went and got yourself a guy that you needed. Well, Brooks Austin is reporting that he can confirm that the Georgia Bulldogs are done with roster additions for the calendar year The roster is set. This is the football team you'll be going into battle with this fall. No summer additions, no grad transfers, no more reclasses. So what you saw basically at G-Day plus the guys who arrived, the freshmen who arrived uh, for summer Mm -hmm. just got their dorm rooms just getting settled in. Yeah, That is the roster you're going to see Georgia try to defend their national championship with in 2022. I think that's Probably going to be a little bit surprising to people who are kind of, we're waiting, I think, to see, hey, maybe do we go get a defensive lineman to add some depth? Do you go get another cornerback? Because Darian Kendrick's gone and nobody's really stood out on the opposite side of Keely Ringo. Do you maybe try to go get a safety like you did with Mo Smith uh, back in 2016 when you get him to transfer over from Alabama? There's always been some guy that George has gone out and grabbed and had and used to play significant roles mm-hmm. for their team. In the year of NIL, in the year of transfer portal and guys flying all over the country, right? The University of Georgia is rocking with who, who, who they got. And I think that's pretty fascinating. I wanted to take a quick look at who will probably see rock out there uh, against Oregon on that defensive side of the ball because, as we mentioned, you set all kinds of records. In that NFL draft, specifically for amount of players taken early on the defensive side of the football. So right now, it looks like it's gonna be Zion Logue, who's gonna be your nose tackle, uh, lining up next to Jalen Carter, kind of replacing Jordan Davis. I don't know if you can really replace Jordan Davis, but him, Nazir Stackhouse, and Bear Alexander, gonna be the guys that you'll probably see for the three deep there. Then, of course, you have Jalen Carter, uh, will be rotating there. With Warren Brinson and Jonathan Jefferson, but Jalen Carter, kind of the face of that defense. Yeah. And it is a. <clears throat> I think at this point, yeah. Yeah, it's a mean, nasty dude, too. Like yeah. a lot of people said last year, some anonymous SEC coaches were quoted as saying, like, who's the most disruptive player on that defense that included Nicole Dean, right? The Jordan Davis is the number one overall pick, and Trevon Walker, they said it's, it's number 88. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Carter's back. The biggest question mark for him going into 2022 is can you maintain when you're not rotating out for 60% of the snaps in a game? True. Can you play 80% of the snaps? Mm-hmm. That's going to be the question mark for Jalen Carter. Uh, defensive end Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, Tremel Walthour are going to be guys that you see there. Bill Norton as well. Big time recruit out of Tennessee a little while ago. Haven't really heard a lot of him, but he'll be a guy you'll probably see. Uh, outside linebacker going to be Nolan Smith and Robert Beal. Senior leadership there on the outside. But watch out for some of those freshmen like MJ Sherman. Or not MJ Sherman, excuse me. Sorry, Uh, Mikkel Williams. MJ Sherman, been there for a little bit. But a guy you're going to see rotating in there. Chaz Chambliss as well, the dude. Remember back in the Michigan semifinals, got the big hit in garbage time. He got the flag. Uh, You'll see him rotating there. Uh, And then, listen, Rheon Trouble Davis is a guy you got to watch out for. But I just love the nicknames you have on the inside linebacker position. Oh, yeah. Trouble Davis is a guy who's been there for a minute. Then you have Jamon Pop Dumas Johnson. Yep. So you have Pop and Trouble. No matter what combination you use yeah. that
1: in, it's fantastic. Trouble and Pop, Pop yep. and Trouble, doesn't matter. That's that's incredible. Uh, other Don't even like, call them by their first name. Right? Or their last Just That's all you need to announce. Pop and Trouble.
0: Other guys like Tresman Marshall, Smell <laughs> Munden. Xavier and Story, guys you should watch out for as well. Of course, Keeley Ringo is going to be your guy on one side of the field. Lockdown corner, projected top 10 pick by Mel Kuyper, right? Kamari Lassiter and Nyland Green, I believe, are the two guys that you're watching out for that other cornerback position. Uh, Star position, I think, is going to be interesting because you have some freshmen who are crazy athletic, but right now, William Poole's the guy who got you there through the college football playoff. It's Probably his spot. Chris Smith is your is going to be your free safety again. Strong safety is going to be interesting cuz Dan Jackson played a lot of football last year. But there are a lot of names coming up. Uh, Malachi Starks uh, out of Jefferson, the five star is an uberly talented guy that you could see get some reps, but I would imagine Dan Jackson uh, gets a ton of reps as well. So, as I mentioned, there's still some pretty big question marks. And if Georgia wanted to dip their toe into the transfer portal and go get some guys, I have to believe they could do it because we've seen them do it mm-hmm. in the past. But I don't know. I just, I find it interesting because it seems like it's consistent with the way this past year has gone. Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban are throwing poop at each other. And Kirby Smart just kind of yeah. flying under the radar Stand on it. Staying out of all that. Yep. And when asked about when Amarius Mims, and, and he didn't specifically say Amarius Mims, but Amarius Mims puts his name into the transfer portal. Kirby Smarts asks about the transfer portal, and he says, I can only focus on the guys that want to be here. Right? So you have that, and now Georgia not going out after a transfer to replace some of these guys? Yeah. Now, am I saying if Eli Ricks had wanted to go to Georgia, Georgia was going to say no?
1: No. Right, but...
0: But just, it doesn't seem like, like, in any of these conversations, Georgia's been in the conversation for any of these big transfer guys, and it just seems like... They want to rock with who they got.
1: Yeah. That is the one surprising thing for me is, is leading up to this point, right? Leading up to this point, not be not, not even being able to, but not getting any of those guys um, that them kind of having interest elsewhere and going elsewhere and using that and having that announcement at this point or that inside scoop it at this point, isn't as insanely surprising to me. Just how with, with how late in the cycle, it is, and at this point, if you get a transfer, not only do you have to you know, get him, in, you get, have to get him ingratiated in the system, build the chemistry with everybody, and then hope he's ready by those September games to insert into your lineup, or maybe he doesn't even get inserted into your lineup there at first. Um, so at this point, not insanely surprised that uh, they're kind of closing the door on that, but it is insanely rare no matter what in this day and age of college football for anyone to kind of close the door at all. I'm surprised to hear any sort of team come out with a scoop like this, where it's just like, no, we're good to go. We're not really looking for anything else because it seems like everybody's always looking for something else. Right. So it's a little surprising there. Uh, But then again, with, with the timing of this, with how late it is preparing for next year, that makes some sense to me. But, yeah, I think it's been leading up to this point. The What, the six months from January to, to now leading up to this not having any huge, you know, kind of statement type things, except for, of course, signing day. But yeah. transfer-wise, uh, not having any just like three or four different guys because it seems like every but, but top but team the top opposite program way
0: too. is. Think about it the opposite way, is <laughs> Georgia's lost some guys uh, defensively and offensively that just weren't going to play. Right, right, and yeah, then you lose Jermaine Burton, which was a big one. But everyone's yeah. looking at that quarterback room, saying, "Who's gone? Who's That's leaving? That's true. Yeah, nobody left. No one's gone yet. Yeah, so it's been pretty steady. And I l- listen. If we're looking at the Jermaine Burton situation, how can you blame a dude for making that jump? Yeah. And if you want to say it's well, I mean, he still would have gotten targets in Georgia's offense. Fine. I think Alabama might have been the one school that Jermaine Burton would have transferred to. And you look at what they've done in the NFL. The past few years, with the amount of guys every single year that get drafted in the first round, I mean, that was just a business decision. Yeah, for sure. From Jermaine Burton, would he still have probably been drafted if he plays at Georgia? Absolutely. Is he a second, third round pick? Probably. Now he's at Alabama. Do his chances of being drafted in the first round just skyrocket? Yes. Yeah. So it, it's fascinating to me to see how Georgia's navigating this situation with NIL. It's just been quiet. Mm-hmm. Transfer portal, very quiet. Right like they didn't go steal Darion Kendrick from Clemson last year. Him and Davo Sweeney were like, yeah, maybe this isn't the best fit anymore and then Georgia went into the portal and grabbed him. Right? So it's it's interesting to see how the national champs are navigating these waters. Uh quickly here before we go to break though. I love scrolling through social media just for comments sometimes, PJ. For sure. And 20 or 247 Sports put out a list, just fun list of the previous or the, the most recent 3,000-yard passer for every SEC school. Any guess on who it was for Georgia, first of all?
1: uh, 3,000-yard pass. Um, uh, was it? No, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. I don't know why. Why am I forgetting his name? Oh, my gosh.
0: Aaron Murray? No. No. Uh,
1: That would have been my guess, but... um, Jake Fromm. Yes, Fromm.
0: There we go. No, it was not Jake Fromm. Your most recent 3,000-yard passer for the University of Georgia was Aaron Murray. Okay. Still the SEC's all-time leading passer. I overthought it, yeah. But I went into the comment section just because I knew what I was going to see, which was a bunch of Georgia fans saying, Stetson Bennett! And you know I'm a big Stetson Bennett supporter. Stetson Bennett did not throw for 3,000 yards last year. Had he had started every game, probably would have. But Bennett did not throw for 3,000 yards last year. He threw for 2,862 yards yeah. last year. But in this, you have a gentleman that says, The mailman went for 3,030 touchdowns last year. So wonder what else on this list is incorrect. First comment underneath it, at whoever just said that. I'm not going to say their names out loud because I don't know that they deserve it. He threw for 2,862 yards in 14 games. So... Make the comment the mailman threw for 3,000 yards. Get corrected. What do you do in this situation when somebody just corrected you?
1: Oh, no. You for sure, you doubled down. Uh, you you that's absolutely one option. doubled down.
0: That's one option. Or, like Kevin likes to do, you completely change the argument. Oh, okay. Yeah, you completely change what we were arguing about. So the guy says, again, the mailman went for 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns last year, so wonder what else is incorrect. Guy comments on it. Uh, he threw for 2,862. How did it end up for him again, though? Don't worry. He'll be showed down more throats this year. Yeah,
1: man. I don't know.
0: I, that's, a, like, I, it makes me so, so again, mad. Again, I was wrong. How did it end up for him, though? Yep. National championship, baby. Of course. Suck it.
1: See, I mean, that's, that's the I <laughs> have nothing to do with that. I, I think, like, that wasn't even an option for me because I get so mad when people do that. It just changed. Kevin
0: Did it yesterday. I know. Why do you, this, okay, here's why do you the think I was mad? Here's the example <laughs> Kevin Thomas drops the Tom Hanks has never made a bad movie. That I don't know. was It's See, Kevin's still arguing. <laughs> I don't know if he Kevin, is. Kevin said Tom Hanks has never made a bad movie. And I said, I don't know that that's correct. And uh, it goes to I don't think Tom Hanks is a great actor. Never said that. <laughs> no, I and I, I said, I am disagreeing with the fact that Tom Hanks has never made a bad movie. So I ripped off like 10, and Kevin's defense was, I've never seen them, can't say 10, that they're bad. 10 what? Bad movies.
1: From Tom Hanks? Yes. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, The you dudes did. made over 90 movies. I looked at, okay, uh, just since we're on this, I looked at the list earlier with with Kevin, and there were like three that I had a question about or that I hadn't seen. All the other ones were incredible. You're out of your mind. Or like, had, he'd won Emmys for the an Oscars and whatever, like, uh,
0: you're out I, of your mind.
1: I mean, I don't know. Even the ones that weren't even like for me, like that's nah, not really my type of movie. But it was
0: amazing, and he was incredible. He has a great batting average. I'm not saying he doesn't have a great batting average. Does that well, mean? No, I'm, I'm not arguing with you about that. But statement was either.
1: again: Tom like Hanks I'm, has never made a bad movie. And I don't know if he has because I haven't seen all of them. So I can neither confirm nor deny.
0: So you're so he knows I'm you're not alone as a the banger. argument.
1: I'm not changing the argument. I just haven't seen it.
0: Great. Thanks, What, what do you PJ? want me to say? Agreeing with Kevin.
1: I No, I'm not agreeing with Kevin. I am not going to respond to something or say something's bad when I have not seen it. The that Money is not pit. something I'm going to Sure, do. It was
0: a great movie. <laughs> 6.4. <back>. <laughs> He's freaking out. He's like, that was a good movie. Punchline. You guys <laughs> love that one? I don't know. I haven't Under seen it. Under a six. In the ratings, Joe versus the Too volcano. Bad. Is it a great movie? Is it Kevin? a great movie, Kevin? Are you sure
1: about that? I haven't even heard of that one. So that might be a terrible movie,
0: actually. Listen, the guy's batting average is higher than most.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't might mean, be the best batting again, average ever. That doesn't mean that you were saying he's a bad actor. And no. it also doesn't mean that every movie ever is, is fantastic that he's been in. I think we can all come to an agreement there that not not everyone was wrong, not everyone was, you know, right, but vote for PJ uh, 2024. <laughs> because that's what I feel like I'm doing now.
0: So you're a big, you're super poli- you're a big super fan of Elvis here. has left the building? He's making an Elvis movie. No, 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 yeah, no, no. no. There, he already made one. No, no that's he didn't. The point. He no, he already made no, one. he didn't. He, he did? Already, Elvis has left the building. He has, he has already made it. He played Mailbox Elvis. Mailbox Elvis? Yeah, but no, Tom has never made a bad movie. I didn't even know that existed. has got a 5.1 rating.
1: Have you seen Greyhound? Yeah. What do you think of that? One? It was
0: okay. Come on! No, but does that, that was a great movie. You guys throw around the word "great" way too easily. I thought
1: that was fantastic.
0: You guys throw around the word "great" way too loosely.
1: I thought it was. I thought it was great. I thought three it was great.
0: Kevin, Kevin's giving us his three That's guys. Changing that are That's Kevin, changing Thomas. the argument again. That's changing the argument. There's three. No, they're not changing three. the argument. Tom Hanks. No, just because you haven't seen you it s- doesn't mean no, it's bad. But you said you said Tom Hanks is do- batting a thousand. No, I, said, I said he doesn't make bad movies. So he so, you're, so you say he's bad? Of the ones or? I've seen, which is an awful lot of them. I mean, PJ and I went to the filmography. Right, we go a break. we three literally three. went
1: fifty deep we, before we, we even no, came. We have, like, we, have go, right. we have to go. We have to go. A break. The three guys with the
0: highest batting average right go. now of good movies: go. Tom Hanks, Cruz, and Denzel. They don't. They by and large they make bangers. Nothing. Go
1: ahead.
0: So Pete, so Kevin and PJ loved uh, Night and Day or whatever the hell that movie was with him and Cameron Diaz. Great. Uh, we gotta go to break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. He did it again. Yeah. He, wasn't, he no, he did it again. He wasn't even
1: shy about it either. Like he's laughing because he knows he did it.
0: He did. no. So it, listen back to the last segment. I never the want start to. of this argument was Kevin Thomas said, Tom Hanks is batting a thousand. And what I love about this is this is why is this is why sports talk will never die because I know people thought Google was going to kill sports talk for the reason that you can't have an argument anymore because all somebody does is pull up sports reference and say, no, you're wrong, right? Sports will never <laughs> die because of the gentleman in that comment section and Kevis, where the gentleman in the comment section <laughs> says, he threw for 3,000 yards. Someone says, no, he didn't. And then the argument changes to, well, how'd it work out for him? National <laughs> championship, woo! Of course. right? And Kevin th- Thomas says Tom Hanks is batting a 1,000, doesn't miss, never made a bad movie. I'm, I'm sitting here right now. I'm going to say it for the record. The circle with Emma Watson sucked, right? So he's, by definition, not batting a 1,000. But does he change the argument? Oh, his top three batting average ever.
1: What the funny thing about this is, too, is like not not only following your take along with it, you know, sports radio and things like that, but also he can always come back. When this extrapolates to every argument that you could have against him, he could always come back to, well, Christian, you think that's a bad movie. I don't. It's reactionary. It's opinion. He can still say, well, in my mind, he's never made a bad movie, and that makes what I said true because I think every movie he makes is great. And it completely just ruins your whole take. He's like, no, yeah, he's not I mean, it's not batting 1,000 because that movie you know is who, bad. I don't very, care. I don't think
0: it's bad. That's very B.J. Bennett of Kevin Thomas. That
1: Insanely. And that's going to make him so mad right yeah, now. Also, I'll say, like, this might get me in a, in a little bit of trouble if anyone else hears this. Do it. But... What you say about, like, sports reference and Google and everything like that, well, here's the way that a lot of sports talk radio gets around that, or radio or TV. Listen to them. A lot of them don't use stats. Mm -hmm. They just say things. And we're all like, yeah, you're right. That sounds right. (laughs) I like the people who are like, hey, this is right, and this is the fact that I can prove it with, or this is the stat that I can prove it with. But the trick is not everyone does that.
0: This is why me and PJ are both In
1: fact, it's the other way Matt around. Ryan truthers. So true. Exactly. Why? You want to know what? Because the stats back it up. Correct. Man. Get out of here.
0: Come at Matt Ryan, you got to come through us. Yeah, I know he's a colt now. But I will, I will defend Matt Ryan till the day I die. As you should. Even if the Falcons make it to a Super Bowl this year and Matt Ryan beats them.
1: It's the same thing Which with would be me.
0: The most insane football
1: season of all time. You get you gotta you gotta listen to me till the end here. It's the same thing with me with Marcus Mariota, in college. In college, you a weird, I would you I will defend him. You got a
0: weird thing for Marcus. Mariota. I will defend
1: him until the cows come home, come home for his college career. Can we
0: look up in the break here? Not not, what as, that, uh, not what as that, NFL. What that saying is actually in reference to? Like it, it seems simple, but like when the cows come home.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Someone lost some cows.
0: We'll figure it out. It's,
1: it has to do with some sort. of... Of old school farming.
0: I don't know that it does. It could still be a modern day farming thing. We'll find out next. This is second down on ESPN radio. Second down on ESPN radio is presented to you by the uniform source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. PJ, you wanted to know in the break the origins of the phrase, it's raining cats and dogs. And all I'm going to tell you is it's pretty vile. And I don't know that I should say it on a family show like this one.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that's the one you actually didn't share with me during the break. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to hearing about like, that now. Kind
0: of messed me up a little bit, if I'm being honest with you. So <laughs> great. I'm just gonna sit here and absorb this. We found like three different origins to till the cows come home, and all of them basically revolved around England or Ireland, and a couple of them just mentioned that sometimes people kept cows in their houses. So there you go. If
1: I ever get a cow. I can promise you it's not coming in my house. Yeah that's, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty wild.
0: Well, three and outs coming up next. Maybe they can figure it out a little bit better than us. We also have Braves baseball coming up for you immediately following that. If you miss any portion of our show, check it out on ESPNCoastal.com.